Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. From Mamma Mia, welcome to Help I Have a Teenager, the podcast that's here to answer all your questions about the new teen age. My name is Jo Lamble. I'm the co-author of The New Teenage, How to Support Today's Tweens and Teens to Become Healthy, Happy Adults. I'm a clinical psychologist, a mum of two adult children, and I'm a huge fan of the person sitting right across from me right now, Dr Ginny Mansberg. Oh, I love your back, love. My name is Dr Ginny Mansberg. I am Jo's co-author of The New Teenage, also her biggest fan. I'm also a GP, and we have managed to raise six kids in our blended family. And Jo, wanted to ask you something. I feel like in the last two weeks in my surgery, I've had more people come in and tell me that they're tired and ask for a blood test than like I feel like the rest of the last five years put together, including the pandemic. What is going on? Are you hearing this as well? <laughs> yes, and I just really feel for you because so many of my clients come in and just say, look, I've gone to the GP, I'm getting some blood tests because it's got to be something wrong. And everybody is saying they are so tired. And you can see it. You can see in their body language, their speech is slow, their facial expressions are non-existent. So, yeah, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if they're not getting enough sleep, but everyone's exhausted. So Ginny, later on this episode, we're going to give advice to a parent who's trying to help her son with his acne problems. But first, this question was sent to us by Shelley. Hi, Ginny and Joe. Please tell me creative ways to get my 13-year-old out of bed on school days. During the week, he goes to bed around 9.45 and I assume he's asleep by 10 and then we start the waking process at 7.30. I used to try a gentle touch on the arm and a gentle voice but he exploded at me one morning yelling that he hates me touching him. So now my husband or I walk in and announce quite loudly, time to get up, buddy, to which we usually get a series of grunts and protests. He doesn't care if he's late for school and would quite happily not go to school at all. He's missed social life and plays a lot of sports, but he says school's boring and he hates the teachers. I've tried getting him to go to bed earlier, but he cannot fall asleep any earlier. And if he goes to bed too early, he stresses out and he can't sleep at all. I'm at my wit's end and I would really love some advice. Oh, honey, this is pretty tough. I would go and book an appointment with the GP just to rule out any medical cause for this. So we know that teenagers need roughly nine to nine and a half hours of sleep. But according to your timetable, he's getting that. He's asleep by 10. You're trying to wake him up at 7.30 and it's not like he's sleep deprived, which is unusual. Statistically, your son is an anomaly. I would want to check that he doesn't have a phone, a laptop, an iPad or anything else in his room that, you know, so that he's not gaming or something like that that you don't know about, that he's not sort of pretending to be asleep at 10 and then up at midnight and gaming. Looking through YouTube for hours. Yeah. So making sure that he has no tech in the room and that there's no incentive to sort of 
be up in the middle of the night would be good. Maybe some quick kiss goodnight at midnight might be the trick. But then I think I would take him to the GP. We are unlikely to find anything, but some kids are iron deficient. It's amazing how often kids are iron deficient just because they've got a terrible diet, particularly those who love a lot of milk tend to be quite iron deficient and that will make them really, really, really tired. So yeah, let's get that sorted. Let's jump ahead and assume that he's totally fine. I'm wondering how much of this is to do with him not wanting to go to school and therefore his form of school refusal is being tired in the morning and we're now barking up the wrong tree, going down the tired path without addressing what is going on at school and I think that is where I'd want to have a conversation, Joe. What do you think? Yeah, that was definitely my first thought. Is there something that he doesn't want to get up for? If he wants to get up for social life and he wants to get up for sport, then we can presume that he doesn't sound like he's depressed. It doesn't sound like there's something else going on, but you know, mental health wise, but there could be something going on at school. There could be some bullying going on at school. He could be finding it really tough with certain teachers. He could be having a hard time in some way. He could be in trouble. He might not be handing things in. You know, there sounds like there's some reason, especially if this is new. I mean, he's 13, so it may be the start of high school has just been a big shock to him and he's found that there's just too much expected of him and he's just not enjoying it. So I would just skip ahead to that. I mean, firstly, I'm a big fan of the alarm clock and I'm in an old-fashioned alarm clock, not their not phone. phone. Yeah, so and I never woke my kids up as soon as they started high school, just used an alarm clock. But again, if he's got no incentive to go to school and he doesn't care about being late because some kids really do care about being late and so then you let them just suffer the consequences yes, of being late. they get late. a demerit, they yeah. go into the detention room after yeah, school. That's right. It sounds like he doesn't really care. Yeah, so if he doesn't care about that, then that tells us that we think there is something going on at school. So I would just be saying, again, don't address this last thing at night, don't address it first thing in the morning, but sometime on the weekend, as we always say, in the car, driving somewhere to sport, something he likes, and say, I just want to talk about this getting up stuff. <laughs> We're finding it hard to get you up and just wondering what else might be going on, how you're finding school. And at the end of the day, it's the law that he goes to school. That's not you being a cow of a mum or a cow of a dad. That is the law. And your job is to get him to school, unfortunately. So he's going to have to go. So he would be really better if he works with you to get to school rather than against you. So I wouldn't be pulling out all of the punishments and saying, if you don't go to school, I'm taking your phone, which is what we hear all the time. What I would say is, mate, it's not negotiable. It's the law. When you're 16, you know, you don't have to go to school anymore, but right now you do. So what are we going to do about this? Yeah. Because I'm going to have to get you to school. So, I mean, I don't want to take away your phone, but you tell me what else I should be doing. Yeah. And how are we going to make this easier for you? What's going on that we can help you with? Because we're not going to stop. Not everyone loves school, but they go. So let's work out ways to get you to school. Because it doesn't sound like he's demonstrating full school refusal, which is a different problem altogether that can develop. And that's when you need the help of the school and counselling. And there's a whole team approach to combat school refusal. But if it's just just this early morning grumpiness and not wanting to go. That's the teenage equivalent to the younger child having the tummy ache. Yeah, you know, the younger child, don't they? I've got a tummy ache or my head hurts normally means I'm really anxious about going to school. Sore left knee. Sore left knee. As it has been flavour of the month. <laughs> has it? Has it? Oh, surgery, interesting, yes. interesting. Yeah, but the teenagers more, I just can't. I'm tired. I can't get up. No one really loves getting up in the morning to go to school, but this sounds like to me something's going on. And, of course, you know, you're busy. You go off to work. Dad goes off to work. 
he's at home alone. What's going on? I mean, you don't have the time to supervise this and make sure he's getting all of his, you know, schoolwork done and he could really be falling behind. So, you know, it sucks but we're just going to have to get behind him and go, mate, it's kind of not negotiable. You're going to have to go. Let's see what happens. Let's work together to get this happening. Now, Joe, our second question is from Trish, and this is a banger for me. I love this one. I have a question about teenage acne, says Trish. My son is 17, and he's really self-conscious about his acne. We've been to see a dermatologist, and she gave us some great products to use, like moisturizers and cleansers, but my son has been using them for a few months, and they don't seem to be working. Does this mean it's time for me to put my son on medication for his acne? I don't think he really wants to go there, but if it's going to clear his skin up, I think he needs to just suck it up and take the medication. His face is dry, itchy and red and he hates being in photos or going to school because of it. I didn't experience bad acne like this and neither did my partner so we're really not sure what to do. Please help. Look, I have found that acne is much worse in boys when they're teenagers and then something sort of flips around 20 to 25 and really for adults it's a women's condition but this severe acne tends to be much worse in boys unless there's a hormonal problem, something like polycystic ovarian syndrome, in which case women like me can have terrible cystic acne as teenagers and it really did get me down. I've got a lot of empathy for your son, Trish. Why do boys get it more often than Because their testosterone levels are much higher and testosterone turbocharges the production of sebum, which is the oil glands are attached to the hair follicle. Lots of oil is produced. And one of the other things that happens is they overproduce skin cells, which clump together and then block those follicles. And actually anything that is a blockage in the human body is like a swimming pool with a filter switched off or broken. It's just a magnet for bacteria. And in this case, it's a very specific type of bacteria that causes the acne. And of course, there's a lot of people who are allergic to those bacteria. And so they get very red, angry, inflamed skin, which is quite painful. And so the dermatologist's obligation in this country is to try what we call topical therapies first. And it's the failure of those. Is that, that putting on the skin? Yeah. So anything that you put on the skin. And we normally include a moisturizer in there because most people with acne actually have what we call a damaged skin barrier. So your skin's design is to keep bad stuff out and good stuff, mostly moisture, in. Now, when that skin barrier becomes defective. It actually allows the skin to dry out, but it also allows bad bugs in. So it makes a really vicious cycle, in which case you get both oily and dry skin in the one person. So what your son is going through is very, very, very common. But yeah, I would advocate another trip to the dermatologist. Depending on how long it has been since you have been to the dermatologist, it might be worth a trip to the GP first, number one, to pick up a fresh referral, and number two, to get a blood test. And the reason why we do the blood test is if he's going to go on one of the heavy hitting medications and we're talking about Accutane here which is a form of vitamin A and what that does is it actually helps with skin cell turnover so you don't get the clumping of the cells that block the pores. That's how it works and it's the most powerful thing that we have for acne and in every single guideline it is number one treatment for acne not antibiotics, definitely not toners. It's vitamin A that we start by trying to put on your face and then we give it to you as a tablet. If he's going to have that, there are certain blood tests that he must have first. So it's worth going to the GP and getting those blood tests so you don't have to have two visits to the dermatologist. That becomes very, very expensive. Unfortunately, in this country, GPs cannot prescribe Accutane. It has to be prescribed 
by a dermatologist. So that would be where I would be going. And I'm with you, Trish. I think it can do untold damage to their self-esteem. It can be awful to feel like you never want to be in photos. It was bad enough for me in the 1980s. I can imagine what it's like for kids in the era of Instagram and TikTok where their faces are always in selfies. They'll be really, really self-conscious for it. And we can see this trauma last into adulthood. And then on top of that, they scar. And treating scars, acne scars, is very, very expensive. That's lasers and that's very, very expensive. There's a lot of scaremongering that goes on. On about these medications, yeah. Out there, you hear a lot of. I know when my daughter first went on Accutane, there were friends, well-meaning friends, parents saying, "Oh, you should not be on that." You know, apparently you will be instantly suicidal, and you yeah. know this is so bad for you. Do not do it, and she'd freak out. I'm so glad you brought that up. So it is not great for children or adults to be on Accutane if you're going to be pregnant because there's very high risk of malformations in the baby. So for girls who go on Accutane, you have to do pregnancy tests and you have to be on a contraceptive form even if you've never been sexually active because you might become sexually active during the period you're on Accutane. And they often like you to be on two forms of contraception, so promise that you'll use a condom and be on the pill, for example. And the pill's good for acne in girls anyway. The boys don't have that option. In terms of the suicide risk, this is really interesting because in the early days of Accutane, there was that link between suicide and Accutane. But latest studies have found it's the severe acne that makes kids suicidal. And if you randomize groups of teenagers to those who have severe acne with no Accutane treatment and those who have severe acne with Accutane treatment, in fact, Accutane is protective against suicide because it is just so incredible at getting rid of acne. It's just unbelievable. So because of that, it's actually one of the best tools that we have to protect your mental health because severe acne is devastating for kids and we shouldn't underestimate it. And we've got to get that message out then, don't we? Because it's like a lot of things. You have a headline, this you know causes suicidality and everyone just remembers that and doesn't yep. remember the retraction. Hold on, can we just clarify what the studies actually show? Doctor, Disaster. can I ask another question? Of course. Another, as I said, this is what I hear from parents who say, yes, my child's got terrible acne but I'm not going to put them on the Accutane or they went on it and were so successful but you're only allowed on it for a couple of months. Oh, no, generally a course of Accutane is about six months and by that stage the skin is so amazing, we very rarely need to do a second one straight away. But about two-thirds of people will need to have another course at some point in their life particularly if they go on it early. So if they go on it, let's say at 14, the chances are they're probably going to need to have another one sometime in their 20s, but only for six months at a time. Yeah, look, it's not fun. You need a lot of, you know, lip balm and you need a lot of moisturiser because everything kind of dries out. You need eye drops and things like that. But these kids are generally just so grateful to have gone from full-blown pizza face to beautiful skin And the other kids at school are like, I want to be like that. I want to get rid of mine. When we were at school, 80% of kids have acne. These days it's spot the red pimply person. Yeah. They're not around a lot. The treatments are so great. That's all we've got time for for this week. If you like this show, we'd love you to leave a review or rating wherever you're listening to this podcast. This show was once again produced by our fabulous Tali Blackman with audio production by Tom Lyon. I'm Jo Lamble. I'm Jenny Mansberg and we'll see you next week. If you would love unlimited access to everything women are talking about right now, subscribe to Mamma Mia. An annual Mamma Mia subscription includes discounted tickets to Mamma Mia live events, subscriber-exclusive stories, podcasts and videos from Australia's leading independent women's media brand. 